Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Morning, everybody. How are you now? We're doing okay. We're hanging together. We're figuring it out. Does Jeremy Shep. Rock impression? <laughs> Good morning, yeah. Polly. Yeah. Uh, let's start off by that Jeremy Shat piece of sound. Um, okay. When he talked about defending your quarterback and the idea that you maybe should just wait and see what you get rather than trading up into the top three. Here, here's what Shap had to say about the history of quarterbacks being drafted that high. I mean, seriously, is Zach Wilson really better than Sam Darnold? Who knows? Maybe he's the next Johnny Unitas. Maybe he's the next Geno Smith. In 2017, the Bears traded four picks to move up one spot to draft Mitchell Trubisky at second overall. They could have kept all those picks and taken Patrick Mahomes with room to spare. He went 10th, with the exception of the rare, very rare, almost impossibly rare, sure thing, a la John Elway or Peyton Manning. You're probably better off using that top pick on an offensive lineman or linebacker. Late in the first round, after all, you can get an Aaron Rodgers. Or in the second, a Drew Brees. Or if you wait all the way until the sixth, Tom Brady. In the last 50, 50 NFL drafts, 44 quarterbacks have been selected first, second, or third overall. And exactly two, two have gone on to win Super Bowls as the starters for the teams that drafted them. Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning. Let me flip this around, Paul, because there's some merit to what he's saying. It's Which more is, who he leaves out in the argument that makes it a little disingenuous. But I'm with you on that front. That's part of it, is that, hey, Terry Bradshaw was drafted 51 years ago, so that's a convenient place to end it at 50 because he won four Super Bowls for the team that drafted him. Also, by saying the team that drafted them, you play semantics in that John Elway and Eli Manning are not included on that list, even though each player only played for one team. In their history, and each right. won two Super Bowls, right? Another, another like, four Super Bowls into the mix. That that's So all of that's disingenuous. How many teams that draft number one overall or in the top three overall have won a Super Bowl in the past 50 years? I mean, A, when you're that bad a team, it's unlikely whoever you draft that you're going to win a Super Bowl. The overall scheme of things. That's, that, that, that's the first part of it. The second is, is that bad teams draft in those spots the most inept who's drafted up there a ton the cincinnati Bengals, the buccaneers browns right bad teams bad franchises and in some ways you're like poor carson palmer for going to that team because he got drafted by a team that's never going to win poor joe burrow because he would have been a championship quarterback if he hadn't get gotten drafted into that sad sack organization that's always drafted in the top three You also can look at Jameis Winston by that very same Buccaneers team taken first overall, and they move on from him, and they win a Super Bowl the first year. Well, that's funny. But there's also the element of Tom Brady kind of ruins all of these arguments, doesn't he? And in this exception, it's, hey, look, there's a Hall of Fame veteran available for us in free agency. I think there's also a difference between trading up for a quarterback in the top three and picking a quarterback in the top three. I don't know if it's ever worthwhile to trade up for the quarterback. Man, that's because you give up a ton. And that's really, I don't know what the 49ers are doing. 
Like, that's an awful lot to give up to move into the top three to take the third-best quarterback in a draft where it seems like people are really desperate for quarterbacks. And to make the trade now as well, unless they were paranoid somebody else was going to get into that spot, that's really the only reason I could see maybe them deciding to pull the trigger on the move now. Because I will say, you go back in time to not quite the top ten, but the Chiefs and the Texans trading up to go get Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson respectively in the exact same draft after Mitchell Trubisky... I mean, those moves, I think, made a whole lot of sense. I would agree with you, but those are what Deshaun Watson went 10th. I think 12, and and Mahomes was 10. Mahomes went 10. It's different when you go into that top two, usually, and top three now, because San Francisco's done it to get to the third. It's a whole different... Like, you basically set on fire your draft pick charts and all those different things, Like, and you just pay through the nose for them. When the Falcons did it, they traded with the Chargers to draft Vic, right? Yeah. The Eagles did it to draft Wentz. You also had that year. The Rams, too. You also too. had the Rams trading With the up Titans. To, 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 to draft Goff. And then Washington. And that was a trade to the Rams so they could draft Robert Griffin the third. You basically just pay through the nose to do that. It's hard to justify that price. It's hard to it's hard to justify that price to trade up to get that quarterback if you're outside if you're not in one of those top one two or three spots. I think it's different when you draft a quarterback and you're holding on to that pick. Oh, no doubt about that. Look, I mean, Jeremy Schaap has a point in that. Yeah, it's it's probably not optimal to go about it that way. But the problem is, you do need to go about it that way if you want to get your guy. You're you're otherwise you're stumbling or lucking into the person, and you can't operate by stumbling or lucking into things. You know, you can't operate with the assumption that yep, we'll find Tom Brady or yep, we'll find Russell Wilson in the back of the draft. There was a point in time, and it was a really fun year. Maybe it was like a year and a half. Where people thought that Seattle had just absolutely screwed up by drafting Aaron Curry fourth overall, which they did. But the reason that they really screwed up was because, oh, they could have had Sanchez. They could have had Sanchez. He went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. They could have had Sanchez. When you get in the top four, you don't pick a linebacker there. You pick a quarterback. They should have taken Sanchez. Newsflash, that wouldn't have worked either. Why didn't they watch Sanchez? Because if you had watched Sanchez, you would know that he was very lucky to have gotten along on those two rides to the AFC Championship game. Though he did play well in, in the one against the Steelers. Also, Seattle was better off having Curry than Sanchez because it's easier to cut ties with a linebacker drafted number four overall than it is with the quarterback who you build your team around. I.e. Jared Goff. Yeah, you have two more years where you basically talk yourself into the fact that this might still be the guy. Tannehill. You, and with the linebacker, you're just like, oh, dude, this guy stinks. Play KJ Wright, <laughs> trade him to the Raiders. <laughs> Question two. Okay, so Danny. And Paul Gallant. We saw on Friday the Seahawks brought a guy back in Demarius Randall. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a move. Then we hear that they are moving him from safety back to cornerback, which I found surprising because he had been a cornerback in Green Bay. I thought he was a good cornerback in Green Bay, though I tweeted that out. Corbin Smith said apparently he gave out like 18 touchdown passes or something like that as a cornerback, which might have led to him getting traded to Cleveland where he got moved to safety. Here's Pete Carroll from last year talking about why the Seahawks had Demarius Randall, a former cornerback, uh, Here's Pete Carroll last year just talking about Demarius Randall. Yeah, he's played corner in his past, and he always felt like he was a safety and, and uh, you know, felt like he's been at his best in his history. I mean, I, I see it that way, too, watching the film and, and all that. 
Um, he was so fast that everybody wanted to try him at corner. That was the thought. Um, but he's, he's most at home playing on the back end. I was surprised by that, Danny. Do you think a move to cornerback that there is any chance that Demarius Randall can give the Seahawks an actual competitive option at starting corner? Sure. A chance? Yeah. You've always got a chance. Do I think he's going to get meaningful snaps at cornerback this year? No. Do I th- the chance, the percentage chance, I would say, 5 to 10%. Dudes don't move back to corner later in their career. <laughs> That's not how it works, right? Don't you move closer to the middle of the field? The edges is where you need the fastest dudes. Like it's, the, the edges of the football field should be similar to the left-handed lane. Only the very fastest drivers drive on the left-hand lane. Everybody else move to the right. Only the very fastest football players should be at the edge of the field. It's a really good point. Why, why do you think they're moving him back then? Because they don't see a long-term fit for him at safety. But they brought him back. If you don't see a long-term fit for him at any position, then pay, why are you bringing him back? Money, because you've got ninety dudes on the roster. Yeah, fair. You need people to play. You need people to play preseason games. Everybody needs bodies, Paul. You need bodies. And right now, Quentin Dunbar left, so you need another body. <laughs> Isn't that the crassest thing that football yeah. players and people will say? Like, do you need more bodies at that position? It's like, good God, you're just running out there and putting them into some sort of meat grinder? We got to get another body out here in these drills. Cobra Kai would have approved of that. Oh, my favorite part of bag? My favorite part of Karate Kid is that one guy who just yells, Yeah, yeah put him in a body bag! Yeah, Johnny, put him in a body bag! Get him a body bag! It's fantastic. Best part of the movie. There was one of my moments, and it's not heckling because it was on TV. It was watching um, it was watching a UFC event there in Lower Queen Anne. God, I can't remember the name of the bar that's there now. It's right next to where Oscars is that, on the corner. I'll think of it. Um, and it got kind of quiet, and I yelled, Yeah, put him in a body bag! <laughs> Killed. Just slayed with that comment. Did people look at you? Was there laughter? Yeah, I laughed. Oh, Everybody nice. thought it was fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well played. Question, question three. All right, Kerry Hyder, he's a member of the Seattle Seahawks, and it sounds like he's fitting right into our feelings when it comes to the, what are their colors? Is it gold and red? Do they, It's not maroon and gold. What are the 49ers' colors? What's their shade of red? They have the same shade of red as the Kansas City Chiefs, apparently. Right? Oh, really? I think. Or maybe it's the, the Bucks who have the same shade of red as the Kansas City No, they City have pewter, Chiefs. don't they? No, pewter's the gray. I don't know. <laughs> Tampa Bay's is kind of orange. It's red, red. Yeah, it's a very red. It's it's kind of a soft shade of red. The Chiefs red, I always thought, looks like the red from little kids' pajamas. And you put it with that mustard yellow, like the color of traffic stripes, looks like the pajamas little kids would wear. Kerry Hyder doesn't like the 49ers. He explains. Sorry, I got cut up looking their uh, uniform colors up. It says Scarlet. Scarlet. Oh, that sounds very blue. <laughs> that's, that's the color of my ascot. Here's Kerry Hyder. There's no uh, no love lost there, you know. Uh, I'm just ex- I'm excited to be a Seahawk, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to all division games. No love lost is an interesting thing to say, considering he did have eight and a half sacks for the 49ers last year. You would think that he might have enjoyed his time there, but maybe not. Is he upset that he didn't get the extension, or are we perhaps reading too much into it, where he's saying there's no love lost? I think that guys tend to get it in their feelings if they don't get brought back after they perform really well for a team. I get it. If you're him, you're like, hey, I just, I just played, I just had the best year of my career, and you guys weren't that interested in bringing me back. Yeah. Heck yeah. We welcome that sort of pettiness here. 
We're all for that sort of pettiness. Take it out on them. Show them, big boy. Show them what they're missing out on. Bring the rivalry back, too. Because you have Akella Witherspoon, you have Kerry Hyder, you have DJ Reed. Dude, I'll, I take a lot of shots at the 49ers. The best thing you can do in football is find the most talented team in the league and take the guys that don't make their roster. Honestly, like the best thing you can do. Who's Who's got the best defense in the league? Go get me players 54, 55, and 56 off of that roster. It it worked that way with the Seahawks for years. With 2012, 2013, go find the corners. Which defensive backs do not make their team? guy like Ron Parker, who ended up making money in Kansas City. Find the best defense you can, and then go find the guys that barely make that. Will Blackman was another guy. He didn't make the team here, and he was a really productive NFL player. I think that's a great way to find good guys. That has been their strategy. I mean, and this is, I would say, in the NFC. 49ers are great defense, right? right? I mean, 49ers have been awesome for the past three years. Their defense has been phenomenal. I think you have to, at the very least, over the last two years, even with some of the injuries that they had last year, say that, yeah, last two seasons, I think that their their body of work is probably the most complete. The Bucks are probably second, but it took them a while to get going in 2019. And second half of 2019 in this entire past season, a little bit different. But, yeah, yeah, you're right, and... Man, they, they have gone about that strategy. John Schneider clearly thinks very highly of these guys who are on the San Francisco 49ers, and I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, DJ Reedy came in, and he played really well, and that was a guy that, I mean, clearly the 49ers were trying to sneak wave him with the uh, injury that he had dealt, uh, he had suffered. <laughs> we got a couple good texts here. That is Blue 42. Uh, Brock Heward will be back with us tomorrow.